I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast. That's right. We decided to record uh, somewhat last minute because Eric, after 14 long, dreadful, awful, terrible years of getting the shit kicked out of us and being an absolute inept franchise, we're finally in line for some October baseball, baby. Thank God, man. I mean, the last time oh. that, the last time they made the playoffs, I had just gotten my driver's license. Let's put it this way. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's insane. And I, I have a, a nine-month-old child right now. I'm 30 yeah. years old. Just put it this way. The last time they made the playoffs, I would had my license for a couple of years. You just got yours. And the trifecta of our group, my cousin, didn't have his license. Yeah. So the only thing different from now and then is that the Padres are back in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, so. I mean, just to put it in perspective, uh, I was 20. I hadn't even met, like, my future baby mama yet <laughs> like like my hairline went straight across i get one of those cool lineups i was doing yeah. radio for grossmont college oh god the last time the padres made the playoffs yeah it has been such a uh, a long journey now we didn't have any prep or anything today eric eric texted me uh early in the afternoon and said hey i was expecting to do one anyways but uh eric texted and said hey let's just do it like let's not do any prep let's just Let's just shoot straight from the hip, straight from the heart. So I'm going to start with you. We're going to start with you, Eric. Go ahead and describe the feeling when Rosie got that last strikeout at a, on a, what, 98-mile-an-hour fastball, the feeling, and then what you're feeling right now, now that we've had basically, you know, 24 hours or so or a full day to, to soak it all in. Yeah, I mean, I would love to say that it was great to, you know, take that moment in with my son and watch, uh, you know, his, his first time of uh, clinching the playoffs first of many hopefully but now nah, he, he was fast asleep in yeah. the other room so what a lucky kid by the way was he nine months and he's nine months in and he already gets a playoff yeah a playoff exactly <laughs> exactly so <laughs> it was uh it was very dude it was very exciting man like and you know what i had told myself too like all throughout the week i'm like dude you better make the playoffs this year like just getting in that, yeah. that's not good enough and I, I just thought to myself like yeah when they get in like yeah it's cool but uh you know it's you should get in and honestly they should have but it just it felt different man like it, it was something that obviously we haven't felt in a very long time and like just that excitement and seeing the players and how much it meant to them see manny to yeah to see manny player they cut to to see all of those dudes just like completely fired up i was like holy shit like this is this is real to them like yeah. extreme real and like you know it was it was nice to not shit the bed for once and i know it's extremely easy to get into the playoffs but you know, we should be celebrating this. And I saw people, like, on Dodgers Twitter, I saw, like, oh, Padres are really celebrating uh, clinching a playoff spot. And I'm like, Is this well, coming from the franchise that gloats about seven division titles with nothing to show for it? Exactly. And it's it's like, oh, second place, second place. Well, you guys know very well about second place. You finished <laughs> in second place in 17 and uh, 18, and then, uh, well... bounced out by the first place winners last year. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, when I see people kind of be- belittling Padres Twitter and Padres fans are getting excited, I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, you yeah. don't know the half of what the fuck we've been through. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I- I'm I'm very much okay with people celebrating it, and I'm very much okay with people getting emotional 
about yeah. it because it was an emotional time. Baseball is an emotional sport. It's, it is. It really is. And and, and to see so many people uh, sharing memories and kind of pictures. The, the pictures, pictures was was real good. It was it was really really fun to watch. As far as how I feel here today, uh, I'm obviously I'm, I'm equally as excited, but. I think I'm more excited because I was thinking about it this morning, and I'm like, you know, this is really exciting. Sure, it's a it's a 60 game season. You're supposed to make the playoffs, and, and you know all that. But I'm looking at it, man. And I think what makes me most excited is I think about the video that Tatis posted last night on Instagram on a story, and it said this is just the beginning. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, you you think of a movie like this isn't the 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 post credits of the movie. This isn't the actual movie. This isn't even the opening credits. Like, this is the trailer for the yeah. movie of a decade long movie of competitiveness and hopefully success and uh just the fact that we're at the ground level right now after all of that shit like dude i'm i'm beyond thrilled it's like it's like the dawn of a new age it is for for padres baseball right and it, it makes you like uh seeing mark grant you know i've mentioned like i know you love uncle teddy yeah and like i didn't really grow up listening to a lot of teddy just because i wasn't really like into radio um i watched a lot of tv and grant has been like a staple. He's been here since '97. I started yeah. watching in '95, so I had a couple years of Teddy and and uh, and uh, the Colonel and uh, Bob Chandler was on the TV broadcasts. I remember um, growing up for the first couple of years, but really when they switched to Channel Four, which was you know pretty much up until they got into Fox, like Grant was that guy. Like he was consistently there, and like so he's called the majority all but two seasons of like my Padre fandom. And when he got emotional, I mean, I got, I got, I got super excited, you know, especially, you know, seeing like Manny, you know, pumping, like Manny looked like they just told him, Hey, Hey, uh, you're going to be a dad. Yeah. Like he had that look on his face. Like, really? Yeah. Oh, I can't believe it. Like, just, just absolutely elated. But then seeing mud who had had some time to actually like let it sink in and then come on the broadcast and say like, I, I didn't think I was going to be this emotional. I, I think that's us. I think that's every Padre fan who has been here since you know however long you've been here, uh, other than the real young ones, right? You know the, the guys who were just kids when Petco opened up. You right. Know, the, um, you know, you, I, I was here in '96. That was a cool team. The '98 team, obviously, you know, has been talked to ad nauseum. But it's been a lot of crappy years. You know, the Petco era teams. You know, yeah, they were okay in '04 and '05 and '06. They were solid enough and they made the playoffs. But those were some piss boring teams. The only team in, in since '98 that I thought, hey, they have a legit shot if they can go deep was the 017 and i only thought that up until about a week before the end of the season before they started dropping like flies um but other than that like you know the 2010 team was an obvious fluke we all knew that and since then it's just been just dire it's it's been exhausting being a padre fan and constantly going through like the different rebuilds you know we had jet hoyer and then he leaves and then josh burns gets here and you're like okay well you know he he doesn't really seem to have a plan he's just kind of trying to do both build and compete and then Preller comes in here, and we get excited, you know, for 2015 only to get crapped on. And yep. and then it's just – it's constant bickering back and forth of we should get this guy fired, we should go sign this guy. And then yesterday, after all of that, all the bickering and the fighting and the arguing, and then just watching Padre team after Padre team suck and be terrible, we finally have a team that legitimately looks like a contender. Oh yeah, you know, and 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 we finally made it, and it feels legit, right? Like I don't, it's not like we're the Marlins, you know, we're floating around five hundred. Like, yeah, the shortened season has probably helped them in terms of who they've been playing, but they haven't been playing teams like the Marlins or the Phillies or the Cardinals or real bum teams like the Pirates and the Nationals who have no shot of making, right? Like they've played some legitimate teams, they played some decent teams, but 
to to finally make it after all of that, and then even all the crap like Preller went through, you know, with you know he's gonna be fired, our head's gonna roll, yeah. who's gonna be the manager, you know, is it Andy Green, you know, all that nonsense. It just it feels good to look back and say like, we sat through all this, we endured, we 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 stayed on board, and now we're in. Think of and, just like the piles of shit that we've been force fed and I'm just shoveled down of, our like, throats for years. Shortstops we've had. Like exactly. let's just look at shortstop. Like we already know we're blessed. You can go position to, by yeah. position and yeah. do that. We like, won't do it, but you really can. Yeah. Like I just look at shorts. Like 2015, our starting shortstop was a Alexi uh, Alexi Amarista, Clint Barnes platoon, and then I think we had Amarista one more year after that. Yeah. And then we had. Uh, what was a uh, Alexi Ramirez yep. who's terrible, and we have Freddie Galvis and. Freddie Galvis is like the atypical Padre fan favorite where he doesn't really do anything particularly great or well. He's just like solid, but he's he's mediocre enough where we just latch on like, we got to keep this guy. You know, we got to sign this guy. And it's just like, I, I think about the last great Padre being like Adrian Gonzalez. He spent more seasons in a Dodger uniform. Than a, <laughs> not by a lot. He had more plate appearances, but like that was like the last legitimate player we had, you know, before we got Tatis and before we signed Manny and, and you know, um, Lament broke out and all that other stuff. So it, it's it's been so long since we've had guys like where I even want to buy a jersey for. Yeah. I haven't want to buy a jersey for a player since Gonzo and Peavy. And even then, I was like, well, they're going to trade them. So and exactly, why? I was just yeah. going to say it, it gets to the point now where you don't really have to be scared to buy a jersey. Yeah. I mean, Preller is wheeling and dealing left and right. Yeah. But, but as if long you look as they're at... not a Mexican player, you should be fine. <laughs> but if you look at the main players, are like, hey, I want to buy that guy's jersey. I mean, look at the You court. feel comfortable buying that jersey yeah, these I mean, days, he, and we can't say that for the last, yeah, forever of the Padres' existence. Yeah, look at look at the core, right? Like, yeah, Hosmer's here a couple more years. I think Myers here a couple more years, but when you look at like Cronenworth, Tatis, Manny, and Grisham aren't going anywhere. Right. Lamet, I think, has a couple more years of control, but you yep. can bank on him. You'll get a couple years out of jersey. Like, but those four position players, like those are our that's our core four, in my yep. opinion. Those are four guys, all under the age of 30, all close to or in their prime, who are all going to be here for the next three to five years. The only reason you'd have to worry about getting any of their jerseys is hoping that the kids making them for DHK actually round Cronenworth's name across the back and don't try to go straight across. (laughs) That is your only worry about getting a jersey for any of those guys. Other than that, you can bank on, barring disaster, that those are going to be the core players they're going to build around for this run. You mentioned DHK. Now all I can think about is a Cronenworth jersey where the C starts on your left <laughs> on your left bicep. <laughs> starts right over the nice. It, it starts it over the S. It goes all the way around. S, starts <laughs> over the S and Padres. Makes its way to the Nike sign. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's, That's really fantastic. the only reason I would be afraid to get a Cronenworth jersey. Because yeah. I don't know if they'd actually arch it. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's so much it's so much more real now because of you look at how sustainable it is. It isn't, like, even if 2015 worked, it's like, hey, these players are exciting, the players that we traded for, but Justin Upton's here for a year. Kemp, yeah. who knows? James Shields, Shields in sucks. his mid-30s, right? But you look at their core, you mentioned their core four, and, like, these guys have a lot of team control. They're going to be here for a long fucking time. And once they are gone, or once they have been here for a while... You look at what else the Padres have in their system, like there's more coming through the pipeline. Like there's going to come a point where there's so many where we might not have spots for them. Yeah. <laughs> so like you look and it's like, well, 
this window isn't done when Cronenworth moves on or when Grisham moves on because guess what? You have C.J. Abrams down in the minors. You have uh, Luis Campusano in the minors. You look at the arms. You know, Patino's still coming. Gore's still coming. Mason Thompson's still coming. You look down even further. You have Reggie Preciado. Like, there's so much down in the pipeline that's still yet to come. That's what I mentioned. You kind of look at it as a movie. Like, yeah. we are the opening credit. We're the opening credits of the first version of, like, a... a trilogy of movies so it's like this entire decade when you look at it and you hear pete seidler say like hey this is the padres decade it's like this is where it starts this is the first step and in reaching the playoffs and accomplishing that first hurdle is a big first step and even if those guys you mentioned like i mean i i saw i can't remember where it was but i saw some play it may have been on twitter or elsewhere but i saw somebody like it's kind of like a backhanded compliment like oh probably did a really good job but you know, the farm system didn't really, like, you know, none of these guys are really farm systems. Like, you can really count Fernando Tatis Jr. You can count him. Yeah. He did not play any professional games yeah. for the White Sox. He played, like, backlot scrimmage games. Basically, yep. like, rehab slash scrimmage games. Like, he never actually suited up professionally for the White Sox. Yeah. So, yes, technically we didn't draft him, but he played professionally only under the Padres' banner. Like, he's completely developed on our end. But... Other than that, yeah, technically, yeah, you're right. We got Paddock from the Marlins. Um, Lamette was in the system before Preller got here. Obviously, we signed Manny. We signed Hosmer. We traded for Cronenworth. We traded for Grisham. Um, you know, Nola, all these other guys. But that's the thing is that, yeah, the farm absolutely panned out. They may not be playing for us, but it panned out in that it did what it's supposed to do, which you develop your own pipeline, and either you use those players to compete or you take those players and use them as currency to buy players to help you compete. Like, yeah. honestly, I haven't missed fam. I didn't even realize he was back. <laughs> but that trade I would make every day. Yeah. If Knowing, like, you know, what Cronenworth has become. Like, even if Cronenworth doesn't hold up, right? He's just a, he's just a solid, above-average, everyday second baseman. Like, I'm making that trade every single day. That's a hell of a move. I love Arias, and I said I'll say it countless times. I just got myself a Grisham jersey. Got one for the mom as well. Yeah. I love Grisham. I would make that trade. Grisham easily fits on the back of a DHK jersey. Easily. By the way. Easily. And if not, then hopefully <laughs> they just spell Grish. But, uh, yeah. but you know, I, I look at it and think, like, yeah, the farm may not have bared fruit. Like, you know, we're not going to see, you know, Xavier Edwards up here, or we're not going to see Arias or whatever. But those guys brought us players to be what the team is now. And that is the whole point. And to watch that, like you said, like the core four in 2015, like those guys weren't long-term pieces. Right. You know, Matt Kemp was de-aging before our eyes or aging before our eyes. Shields was already in his 30s. He wasn't even the best like pitcher on the market at that point uh, when we got him. And really we got him because no one else really wanted yeah, him. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, we got him. Yeah, exactly, right? It's kind of like when we got Hosmer. Yeah, I was going to say, same with Hosmer. Yeah, Hosmer was supposed to be like the big free agent – you know, on the market, and he really wasn't. Like, he made less money than J.D. Martinez, and uh, I think when he hit the market, oh, Boston needs a power-hitting first baseman. Well, too bad there's not one on the free agent market. But Hosmer basically had to choose through, do I want to live in obscurity in Kansas City and never win over the next X amount of years, or live in obscurity in San Diego and probably win at some point. Um, And that, that trade, or that signing, at least for this year, in the short sample that, you know, he's been healthy on the field, so far, this year it's been good. He was disastrous the last two, but this year, when we really needed it, when it really mattered, yeah. you know, when you're not trying to waste a year of control on Tatis, another year of Manny's prime, like that has played out. 
it was really nice also to see guys like Hosmer and like Manny say, hey, you know, when I was brought in, this is what Preller was telling us. You know, he, he told us about the plan. He laid out the future and the blueprints, and I bought in, and that's why I chose to come here. And to see that paying off, dude, that is what felt really good to me. And and also what felt just incredible to me is is I've had this guy's back a lot. You and I both have. And I have had my moments of doubt. And in the offseason, I, I absolutely was open to the idea of moving him and attaching a prospect to dump some money. But Will Myers seeing just the pure joy of him playing ball like you look at you look at players uh you watch players playing baseball and the thing that that i really love when i watch i'm like god damn dude like this isn't a job to him this he's out there living the dream and having fun i think of two players when i think of the padres when i think of that well three i think that about tatis first and foremost i think that about will myers second of all and then jerks and profar and but to see to see will myers up there just enjoying himself playing baseball again it's been so much fun to watch, and I don't think this team, for as much shit as these two guys got, I don't think this team is where they are without the production from Will Myers Absolutely and without not. the production, even though he was hurt, from Eric Hosmer. So to see two guys that were dragged through the mud, and honestly from both of us as well, like they got it from all angles, but to see those guys get dragged through the mud and then come back like like a phoenix rising from the ashes, uh, both of them, was just so much fun to watch. And how fitting yesterday that Will Myers hits the three-run dong I know. to give them that lead, dude. That was incredible. And for without me. that home run, like, you know, I mean, the, the Justin Dunn was like, I imagine that's what it's like when you saw me pitching. Oh, he throws kind of <laughs> hard, but God knows where it's going, right. so good luck. Um, and they had chances. Like, they had drawn like four walks to that point. Yeah. Uh, going into that inning, and they drew a couple more. So to see Will, like, Will has consistently come through. He really has. Like, he has consistent, and, and there was always a talk, like, and people, do- I feel like Will has always been, like, unnecessarily dogged on because. The he contract. Got the, yeah, he got the contract, and I feel like you cannot blame a player for taking financial stability, right? right? Like, people hated on Adrian when he left for two reasons. He wanted a lot of money, and he basically dogged the franchise for not being serious about it. And I can't blame Adrian Gonzalez for calling out Padres ownership at the time, which was Morad, and saying like, yeah, you know, I don't want a team-friendly deal. You know, they need, you know, their their ballpark is not conducive to being productive offensively, and, you know, I, I want to win. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with Will Myers saying, you know what, I've been injured. You know, I was injured in my second year in the league. I was injured in my third year in the league. I've been injured with the Padres. Like, I'm having a good year. It's the best year I've had full season. So yeah, I'm gonna take that money. I'd be an idiot to pass that up. Why am I gonna? I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna bet on myself when that kind of money is being floated at me. Yeah, that's not his fault. It's not his fault uh, that the team wanted to brand him as something that he really wasn't. Right? Like they wanted to brand him as this young, exciting player. And yeah, he can be. Like even now, when you see him, like Mark Grant is always like Will Myers. You know, it's funny. He's fun to watch because he's he's a lot more athletic than you may think. Right? He's he can run a little bit. You know, he's looked good. He's looked good in the outfield. Statcast backs it up. Um, he hits for power. He has his moments yeah, out there. But he does. Overall... He had his moments yesterday in that 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 ground rule double, right? Where right. he pulled off and the ball bounced like right. I mean, just on the warning track. Yeah, but like, that happens with everyone. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it's no better than Lopes doing his best Danny Ortiz impression out in the <laughs> yeah, field yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> or no worse than. Yeah. But I, I feel like Will was routinely dumped on for things that are outside of his control. He has been extremely open. Uh, more than he probably should be, about, like, the mental aspect of the game. Like, Will comes off as somebody who, when he doesn't do well and he doesn't hit or play the way it's expected of him, 
that he suffers like emotionally. Like he has like mental, you know, he probably has some sort of anxiety or some, and I'm not trying to diagnose him, but you know, somebody who has well, know, it's anxiety like you, and depression and kind of goes through their spurts. Like I can relate to that. It's and like for, you mentioned last week. You hate letting people down. Yeah, exactly. And like, Will feels that yeah. same way, but he feels like he's letting the organization down and also the fan base. It's like the fear of rejection, right? right. Like that's you know, on a personal that's me. Like I, I hate the idea of like I'm gonna let somebody down or you know, I'm gonna be rejected for letting somebody down. Like I could relate to Will when he would sit there and say, like, yeah, I petered off the second half and yeah, I didn't have that good a year. Like last year I felt terrible for him. Like so much empathy when he basically admitted like I know I'm a bench player right now, and that's probably what's best for the team. And yeah. no, it I don't stings, want. Yeah, it stings, but it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, but I want to be better. Like for him to have, like he's being he's underrated right now. I feel like he should absolutely blow away the competition and come back player of the year. Oh yeah, uh, no over question. a 650 plate appearance sample, he's pacing for like six plus uh, M WAR, miserable <laughs> wins above replacement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, but in all reality, like he is legitimately one of the better players in baseball right now, and he's completely unheralded. Batting, you know, I think he he bat cleanup the other day. Jesse Agler mentioned like, well, it's the first time Will's been batting cleanup. But when you look at his slash line, you're like, how? Yeah. <laughs> but it's because the Potters have been so good uh, offensively. But for Will, of all the people, and, and Scanlon giving him his credit, like, Will, if anybody's going to enjoy this, if anybody deserves to be here, it's absolutely him. Because he's been uh, unfairly crapped on for things that, you know, yeah, he hasn't produced. But he didn't ask for the contract. He didn't demand it. Um they didn't have to give it to him, and he didn't ask to be the face of the franchise. Yeah. He didn't ask to be usurped from first base for a guy who's supposed to be, you know, Mr. Leadership. And uh, for him to have the seasons he's had, and then come back and play the way he's played, and to get to hit that big home run, and to be on the team when they get to clinch, and he's on the field, and, and to know that he contributes, like that feels good. That's yeah. a feel-good story, especially for especially since he was so close to being traded in yeah. the off season. Yeah, I mean, we were right there. Yeah, I mean, he even said when he reported to camp, like, "Hey, as of a couple weeks ago, I thought I might be going to Florida, like to the Red Sox yeah, camp." So because, that was a yeah. very real possibility. And 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 you mentioned Myers putting in the work, like. And, yeah, people were really pissed off about the money that he made, which will never make sense to me at yeah, all. Yeah, I'm not going to blame all. somebody for getting paid. Especially when the Padres' uh, payroll has been dog shit the last yeah. few years. Like, I'm not going to get mad at that. But people would hate on Will Myers incessantly because of the contract he signed, not realizing or maybe realizing and willfully being blissfully yeah. ignorant to it that the fact that, really, he hasn't made a lot of money. He wasn't due to make a lot of money until this year. Like, yeah. he's the most he made last year was, like, five and a half mil. Yeah. So, it's like he's been playing... As far as what he's making, he's been playing just fine. So when I look at Will and, and you look at kind of his journey to where where he started and where he's at now, like think of all the stuff that he's done. Like he was an outfielder. Oh, let's try him in center because we have Upton and Kemp and we're not moving them anywhere else. Yeah. Let's try him in center. Oh, it's not working. All right, well, Alonzo kind of sucks, so let's try him at first. Yeah. Well, Alonzo got hurt. Let's put him at first, which he loved. He did, and he did well at it. And then, okay, well, really good at you it. know what? Let's yeah. go ahead and move him to third base now. Like he's been moved all over well, the place. He volunteered for that the swiss <laughs> yes. army knife yeah. of defense and he's put in work everywhere and when he was struggling last year you dennis I, I believe it was dennis had an article an interview with him and he is out there on the high velocity machine he was yeah. out there actively trying to improve and the worst you heard from myers as he's been moved all around the fucking field the absolute worst was him complaining on a Fortnite stream about doing communication drills in September. That is it. Everything else that you heard about Myers was completely owning it. I've been bad. This sucks. This sucks, but it's it's all on me. And I need to get better, and I'm working to get better. So to, to see someone like that and knowing the work that he put in and, and just the access these days.
these days that you get to players and that you get to hear from them and kind of see what they're like, like you start to be like, okay, like, hey, this is a cool dude. He's good at baseball and he's a cool dude. So to see a guy like that experience success and triumph after everything he's been through, that to me has been one of the stories of the of the season for me. I feel like he kept his glasses on because if he didn't, it would have been a tough, tough uh, sailing for Will Myers getting through that Scanlon interview yesterday. Because yeah. you could see, you know, the adulation in his face. It's like they lifted a weight. Um, off his shoulders. He's really good in interviews too. He is it, because for, for really, being kind of like, oh, Will Myers is aloof. <laughs> <laughs> he's really not. I think it's just because he's not like, he's not intense. He's not intense, or he's not like Tony. Tony he can he yeah. can give a he can give a canned answer like no like no other. Yeah, that Will Myers. Yeah, he can, but he can also he's also very engaging. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's charismatic. He seems like a genuinely nice guy. Like yeah. not everybody. Like I love Manny. Manny isn't always the greatest interview of all times. You know, but I love Manny. But right. I, I love watching Will Myers like interview because he seems really genuine. Yeah. You know, that's why I like Manny. Like when Manny last year and he didn't bullshit, he's like, yeah, you know, you know, we we were gonna be here, and this is when he got shit for in spring training for saying wild cards. Like, right. yeah, you know, we're building, and you know, we think we got a shot at the wild card, but long term, you know, we think it's a championship team. What a loser mentality! Yeah. <clears throat> you want the wild card this year, and that's it. I'm like, he's just being realistic. Like, yo, know, Manny, you know the way he words stuff, like the Johnny Eyewash stuff, like. I know what he's trying to say. He may not articulate it the best way uh, that you could, or maybe a publicist would if they got a hold of him first. But like, I appreciate the you know the the uh, the candidness. Like, tell me how it is. Don't don't sweet talk me. Tell me yeah, how it is. Exactly. And I, I feel like I get the same with Will. He's a little bit more jovial about it. Right. But you get the same with Will, where you can tell like regardless of how articulate or charismatic is, at least he's being honest. Right. It it and I love Hosmer right now because I love Flyball Hosmer. Like I never got that feeling with like Hosmer. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, Haas seems like hardcore can dancer guy. Yeah, yeah, very Derek Jeter esque. Yeah, right. But he is—I mean, he's a clubhouse favorite, man. You could tell yeah. when people oh, talk yeah. about he Haas, was, they he was light doing up. Three hundred five. They love Haas. Stuff. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think. And I do too. That. Never doubted him. Yeah, yeah. I him. never doubted he had it in him. Yeah. You can go back and listen to our emergency podcast when we signed him. If he hits the ball in the air, he's a star. Yep. And I was right. Yep. I'm not going to go about retweeting it, putting my dick in my mouth, <laughs> because. Let's be honest, my stomach will get in the way. Did Preller call you yesterday after they clinched and, uh, uh, to congratulate you? He did invite me to his premium Snapchat. Oh, okay. But because I dropped like a hundred and something dollars on DHK jerseys, I was not able to sign up on his OnlyFans <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, because so. I noticed he didn't mention you on the radio, but I thought he might have called you. No, I'm not sure. No, not me. Not okay. me. I think he meant, you know, anytime somebody mentions you, they're basically mentioning me by proxy anyways. Yeah, well, we won't get into private conversations at all, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. And then you look at the interview. Uh, you look at the R two C two podcast. Oh my god! And first, Manny Machado was on there, and you you just hear him gushing about Tatis. And first and foremost, honestly, like I that was thought, awesome. I always thought CC Zabathi one of the best pitchers of his era, and I looked at the numbers. I thought, yeah, I think he'll get in. Is he a, a Hall of Fame pitcher? In the oh, no question in my mind. Well, no when question. You, when you look at it from like he a grand cemented scale. his yeah. Hall of Fame uh, legacy. When he went to the Brewers and did what he did, yeah. right there, he was border. I, well, maybe I think when he won the World when Series, he went there. When he went there, that yeah. was it for me personally. Yeah. And I don't have a vote yet. Yeah. I might get a vote. You know, Preller mentions me a few more times already. I might. I mean, get a hey, vote, technically but. we're baseball media with our podcast, <laughs> but um, yeah. But I mean, you know, I, when you look at like, oh, you know, how pitchers get in the three hundred wins and all that. Yes, technically, he falls short of like the old way of doing things. But when you look at how good he was for how long he was. It's absolute. Like I see him. Like yeah, he's gonna get in the way 
Roy Halladay got in, right? Like, he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. Oh, so he's going to die? No, 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 no. Then... What I'm saying what I'm saying <laughs> is that he's going to get in because... He's going to get baked and fly a plane and fucking <laughs> no, crash. No, dear God, I hope Jesus. not. Dear God, I hope not. Uh, he should get in based on his shoe game alone. You know, the cleanest <laughs> Jordan cleats. Right. But um, he's going to get in the same way in, that, in the new era of pitching where guys aren't constantly going out there throwing 200 innings. He was doing it. Yeah. And he was really good at it for a really long time. Um, but he made him, like, he's at slam dunk after his comments <laughs> earlier. If you guys haven't heard it, go ahead and, uh, I don't know the exact link, but it's called the uh, the R2C2 podcast, CC yeah. Sabathia Coast. He's had Manny on a couple of times, but he mentions uh, Manny obviously is gushing about Tatis. Um, the biggest comment I took away was Manny saying, like, yeah, you know, they talked about Tatis in the offseason. Are they going to trade, you know, move him to center? Are they going to trade for another shortstop? And, you know, he worked his butt off defensively. He's such a hard worker, you know, and, and he took it. Uh, and the other thing was taking it personal about, you know, the bat flip. And I told him, don't apologize. Don't apologize. I love and, that. You know, but he's such a good kid, you know, that he, you know, he feels like, you know, everybody's, you know, everybody's on me for this. And so I, I need to do this. I told him not to. And then the last line was, man, he's got such amazing power. You know, 21 years old, hitting balls over the fence in right field. Man, I was I was hitting doubles at 21. I had to run. But <laughs> yeah. Sabathia saying, you know, basically backing it up and saying, like, you know, like, like you can't tell Bumgarner. Make a better but, pitch. Yeah, make a better pitch. You yeah. can't tell and Bumgarner. And then he talked about Grisham. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he talked about Grisham, and then he talked about uh, Muncie. Right? Yeah. Like, you can't say, oh, you have to have respect for this guy, you know, his accolade and that level of pitch. It's like... Bumgarner has three rings, and Max Muncy, who's never won shit, is telling him to go get the ball out of the ocean. Like, yeah. fuck like, off. <laughs> get the fuck, fuck all out of the here. way off, dude. Yeah. yeah. As he said it, only the fucking losers say that. <laughs> yep. That's only because they fucking lost. It's true. It's true. He's like, you got embarrassed, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck, man. I love CC. Yeah, that was. I also love. That he watches Padre games. Yeah, yeah, that's because like, like that a lot game, of people, a lot of people are watching Padre games now. If he's man. on the East Coast, like that game starts at nine o'clock East Coast time. Yeah, it's like he's either living in California or he's still in New York, whatever property he bought when he first moved there, and he's staying up watching Padre games. Yeah, we're paying uh, very close attention to highlights. We're sweeping the nation. Indeed, we are. Yeah. We are. We're probably we're probably everybody's popular number two team, and and we're outside of California. Yeah, no question, man. So. Uh, yeah, that that was a lot of fun to watch for sure. And you know, speaking of Tatis, the last couple of weeks, or actually since September started, he's been bad. Dude, he's been I, really bad. But I he, feel like he's losing the MVP. He still tied. he lost the MVP, in my opinion. I, I think he can still he have a hot it. week, um, uh, dude. <laughs> At this point, I'm kind of wondering, is he going to take some votes away from Manny? Because we talked about Manny. He has a legitimate case for MVP, and he honestly, does. he probably should get it. You look at Freddie Freeman, but like... I, I can't vote for a first baseman over two guys who play much more difficult defensive positions. And I'm not dogging first base, no offense. Oh, I remember. We had that fight about uh, Trout and Miguel Cabrera years ago. We also ago. had that fight about McCutcheon and Paul Goldschmidt. Yep. It was not as, it was not as heated yep. as the Trout one, which I was right, by the way. <laughs> Right? The guy's a fucking triple crown, dude. I don't care. That's MVP. Yeah, but that's out of his control. Yeah. Right? Like if somebody, I forget who else was in the RBI hunt, but they needed a couple RBIs, and then Joe Maurer needed like a hit or two, and somebody else needed a home run. It might have been Hamilton or something. Like basically, if somebody, one of the other three other guys who were behind him had a better game, he would have been out of that. And yeah. it's like if you're going to base your, this is completely off topic, but if you're going to base somebody's award based on what other people do, that's silly. Right? Give me the best player. Like, who do you want? The guy who, once he drops a bat, he has no value? Or the guy who doesn't matter what he's doing on the field, he's valuable. Right? Yeah. Like, 
You know, the way I look at it, and I think it's funny because... I'm like, who such, do you want? You want Adrian Gonzalez or you want Tatis Jr.? Yeah, I mean, come on, when you put it that way. Yeah. But, like, it's so funny because I'm such a fucking flip-flopper, dude. Like, that's my bitch. You? 100%, no! 100%. I don't believe it. So, for years and years... Maybe I, I'll go on your fucking Twitter and start retweeting your bad takes. Yeah, for for years... I have a lot of mega wins in there, so... Um, but... For, <laughs> For years and years, man, I always thought one way about MVP, and now that we actually have a couple guys, like multiple guys that could be voted for MVP, I look at I'm like, hey, it's most valuable player. Take Freddie Freeman off the Braves, they're just fine. If you take Machado off the Padres, we're fucked. If you or take Tatis, Tatis yeah, off the fucked. Padres, we're fucked. That's what an MVP candidate is to me. You take Mookie Betts off the Dodgers, guess what? They're fine. Yeah. They're still the Dodgers. They've, like, lost, they've lost two of the last three World Series on Mookie Betts. They can do it again without him. Most valuable player and i think it either goes to tatis but i think that he has lost it i think machado's your mvp dude i think which now that i'm buying in that means no he's not gonna win here's where i i worry so sorry i'm sorry okay that's okay that's okay i I don't think uh i'll tell you why i don't think it's gonna be your fault that his m war is gonna actually shoot down his real war (laughs) so um a couple things like i don't I, i don't look at slumps i hate the idea that oh he faded at the end like he was slumping at one point, and he still is posting at 350 on base. He had a decent game uh, a couple games ago, but, like, he is still an essential cog. Like, I like Freddie Freeman, but, like, Freddie Freeman was so important to the Braves that they moved him to third base to try to get Matt Adams to play first base every day. That's a good point. Like, I know that was a couple years ago, but it's like, like, to me, like, Freddie Freeman is a great player. But, like, if I had to look at it, you know, he plays first base. He's, like, he's a zero on the base paths. From a first base standpoint, like, I don't think you can, unless you're putting, like, Adam Dunn over there, you could probably stick any first baseman over there and not really notice much difference defensively. You know, with, with Tatis, number one, he's still tied going into today in Fangraph's war with Freeman at 2.9 apiece, and Manny's right behind him at, like, 2.6. Right. So I think it's a three, I think it's a three-headed race. The only reason I would still go with Tatis is namely because he brings more to the table than the other two. Right, like Manny brings more to the table. Like Freeman is clearly offensively elite, and he's the better of the three offensively overall. Walk, strikeout, slash line, etc. Um, I think he might be the best hitter in the league this year. If I, if he's I, really fucking good, he's up there. He's really good. Because when I go to 2020 leaderboards for Fangraphs and batting, he's the first guy up there, and it's yeah. not sorted by WAR, so yeah. he's he's up there. But when I look at him and I compare him to Manny, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, Manny's a little bit of a drop offensively. It's not dramatically, but he's probably a better base runner. He's certainly a more premium defensive player because even if Freeman was average at first the difference defensively from a value standpoint from an average defensive first baseman to an average defensive third baseman is huge I would take that average glove at third uh to make up for that offense um but then when I look at Tatis I think okay well he's not just and and Manny I think was last I checked per stat cast two runs above average on uh on defense so he's he's good we know he's good We, we know this right but Tatis like one of the best defensive players in the league like, he's been amazing. It's a, it's a complete turnaround from last year on defense. And then you add in, he's getting on base at a high clip, right? And he's hitting for average. He's not hitting for average right now, but he's hitting for average. He's hitting for power. He's getting on base. He is an absolute phenom on the bases. Like, to me, even though, yeah, he might be slumping a little bit down the stretch, like, to me, if I'm just looking at, if I had to start a league, if I had to start a brand-new team expansion, and I had these three guys, who am I going to pick? I'm going to pick the guy that does it all. Yeah. I'm going to pick the guy. I'm going to pick the Mike Trout version. He's not quite that good as Trout his first full season, but like I look at him and think like he hits for 
Some average, he gets on base, he hits for power, he can run, he can field, he can throw. Manny can hit for average, he hits for power, he gets on base, he can field, he can throw. Freeman does all of that except the field part and the throw part because who cares if you have an arm at first base. Yeah. So that's how I tear it. Like if Tatis was really tailing off, then like... Dude, he, like, he was really bad. Yeah, he he's been really bad. bad like he's down to like 279 on his He's average, turned around. Last but, couple games, he's, yeah. he's done better. He's hitting the ball hard. Yeah, and that's the he's thing, too, to find slump, holes. too. It's like, I'm not going to take a guy who's averaging 100 miles an hour on outs as yeah. like, oh, he's slumping. It's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. baseball is peaks and valleys, right? It's, it's been it's tough to close. watch him, though, man. You, you look at him. You can and tell he's pressing. It's written all over his face yeah. that he is he has some struggling. Defensive-looking swing, like bad-looking Made me sad to watch baseball, to see him that sad all the time, just moping around. Honestly, kind of sucked. Yeah. But, uh. But thankfully, he hasn't taken it out in the field because yeah. he's made some nice plays. He really uh, has. And uh, obviously, he's you know, extremely elated yesterday to know he's going to the playoffs. Yeah. But um, that's just the way I look. Like, if he was, like, really slumping, I mean, like, hitting, like, 240, you know, and he was, like, hovering around league average, you know, on offense or, or significantly less than, then, yeah, I'd probably be like, okay, you know. Then I'd look at his, his war and, like, oh, he's not even, like, top five, whatever. But, like, he's still tied for first per fan graphs. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and they're 2020 batting leaders, and Manny's right there. So if I had to pick, it's between Manny and it's between Fernando. The only reason, and this is a silly reason to do it, but the only reason I might vote Manny over Fernando is that, assuming health, Tatis probably has like eight more years where he's probably an MVP candidate, whereas this is realistically could be Manny's best year to do it. Yeah, That'd be the only reason, and I still would vote for Fernando. Um, I don't think Manny will get voted for because the media, th- media thinks he's some lazy laid-back Latino player who doesn't give a shit and is a terrible teammate and just an awful person in general, so they won't vote for him anyways. I feel like a lot of that narrative has kind of been squashed. Mm. Like, you still see it from time to time, but it's not as prevalent as it was. It doesn't seem I as think much. the Padres getting all kinds of uh, positive press, and really Tatis getting a lot of... But you, lo- you look at Tatis, and every time he's in an interview, he mentions Manning. Yeah. He mentions him you know, being that mentor towards him and kind of helping him out. So I, I think that that's helped Machado's cause. It, I think so. Not but that then, he needs it or should give a yeah. fuck about that, but just a point. I'm waiting for Manny to like let go of his bat and see if it'll hit one of those cardboard cutouts of like Eric Burns down the third baseline. Yeah. <laughs> or police act. But I still think like... You know, there's still that that media bias against Machado. Like you certainly see it in social media, even though it's completely untrue. Yeah. And now that he plays for the team, but I could see that working against him. But who knows? I mean, people voted Barry Bonds MVP like God knows how many times, and he was a legitimate asshole. Yeah. Like he's a legit like not good. I mean, he admitted like from I was everything terrible. we heard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's admitted as much. Yeah. You know, to a point, to a degree with the media. So, um, I hope Tatis wins it. But I do think that the the narrative, oh, he's fading when it counts the most, huge eye roll, um, that it probably is down to, to Machado and Freeman. But I think the reason Manny might have the advantage is that he is a superstar on an underdog team. And I think that might give him the narrative advantage if he's going to have one is that. Here's this budding superstar who went to this shitty franchise. You know, he could have gone to the White Sox. He could have gone wherever. You know, the Phillies Yankees. wanted him. The Yankees wanted him. He could have gone, but he went to San Diego. Too bad you can't have him. Yeah. He's ours. Too bad you can't have him. He's ours. Yep. <laughs> but he went to the Padres, and now he's carrying them into a World Series and arguably his best year as a player. Well, all right. We'll go with that then. And I, so. I think uh, you have your 2020 National League MVP, folks. I'll Manny Machado. Way. I think this is a year. I do want to say, I do want to say, and God damn David J, dude. I got some of my tweets last night. I saw, oh, such and so, or David J retweeted. Oh, Padres Farm retweeted. And I read the tweets, and I'm like, I didn't fucking say that. <laughs> sure as shit. Last year, dude, 
I I guess I forgot. I've been so we tweet so much. I've been so elated so yeah. with Jace Tingler <laughs> that I you were huge, Ron Washington. That I forgot how bad I wanted Ron Washington. You were huge, dude. I, think... I was looking through some of my old tweets myself, and I'm like, God damn, I said that. <laughs> Thank God, I searched mine. See, in in the uh, the Rasa Twitter thread that may or may not exist. We were uh, we were trying to see if we could snipe some people yeah. for for speaking illy of uh, Yace. Yeah. and uh, I went. I was like, oh, I'm gonna beat these bastards to the punch. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and searched my name, Jace Tingler, just Jace or Tingler. I'm like, thank God. The worst I think I got was Padres Farm had tweeted out like Ron Washington as the manager, like to appease uh, ownership, and Jace is like the bench coach to basically be the line between. Right. Uh, you know, the front office and, like, Tingler, uh, Preller's vision and then, like, Ron Washington kind of helping, like, guide him was maybe the best bet because you get the best of both worlds at that point and you have Tingler, like, ready just in case. So I think that was the worst I got that. Yeah, I would be okay. Like, I would have been okay with that. I still would have been okay with that, uh, even knowing what I know now. Like, I think that would have been fine uh, at the time. But that's the worst it got. I was never, oh, you know. I The worst is uh, are, are the people I feel really bad for are those who are, like, Andy, you know, Tingler's just uh, Andy Green, Green 2.0. 2. Yeah. yeah, Andy Green 2.0. Dude, know? I was really stuck on the fact that he was a rookie manager. I was like, hey, you're not going to be able to come into a clubhouse that has Hosmer, Machado, and these veteran guys and look them in the eye and demand their respect. Ah, oh, dude, when I read that, I cringed so hard when I was reading <laughs> some of my old tweets. It's such a terrible narrative. Just to see how wrong I was. Yeah. But really, like... Uh, we mentioned your boy again, Padres Rasa Twitter favorite, Padres Farm. He had tweeted out a poll saying, "Hey, do you want Washington or do you want Tingler?" I'm and pretty sure I voted Tingler. Yeah, I voted Tingler. There was a poll. thousand votes, and seven hundred plus people said they wanted Ron Washington. So That's, when I think of that, I'm like, all right, maybe that wasn't so bad. It's not that it's bad to vote for him. It's the it's why are you voting for him? Like a manager is largely their success is largely dependent on their roster right like i don't think tingler if tingler was here last year the padres would have been significantly better than they what they could have been because maybe will myers would have got that uh, jump start a year early that's true but they still had issues with like their pitching staff was like they still had lucchese and lauer eating up a ton of innings yeah. and lauer just getting roped every time he went out there yeah, they said Margot and Renfro, you know, eating up at bats. Like, the, the roster was significantly different. My my thing with a manager, and one reason I, I I hated Bud Black, and I and I did not care for Andy Green after a while, was that it felt like they never took a player and continued their development, right? Like, it felt like once the player got here, he was a finished product, whether or not he had been developed or not. Like, Margot never took, outside of some spurts, like any steps forward and maybe that's because you know maybe he just doesn't have it like i don't know what he's doing in tampa but i don't think he's been too hot um you know but like renfro never never improved like he never hey you know he's too he's too swing happy like he never looked like he actually learned to lay off a pitch at least a little bit yeah whereas like i look at grisham and grisham changed his approach last year in triple a but like he has seemed to kept that approach going where he's really patient but he's not so patient to the point where he's just letting pitches like he's laying off pitches he should drive like that was his big knock he's too patient he's too passive at the plate and he's not hammering pitches he should actually handle or attacking you know, he's like he's not patiently aggressive he's just passive um but he's continued to not be that way you know he works the fucking count like a champ and then if he gets something he likes he fouled a pitch off yesterday in extra innings and he was pissed yeah because he knew he got a fat meatball that he should have drilled but i was like 
you know, but that's continued. And I feel like with, with Bud Black especially, like with his whole, you know, learn the speed of the game from the bench, and then Andy Green like constantly playing Jankowski instead of like Margot. Kinsler I, over Arias. Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, you know, if Arias isn't going to be the guy, that's fine. But, like, I don't think you can judge that playing him a couple days a week and then sending him up and down. Right. Um, Bud Black with Anthony Rizzo, you know, saying, oh, I didn't think he's going to be a major league first baseman. That's why you're stuck in Colorado, you hack. Yeah. But, um, like, with Tingler, you know, I think the difference, like, I look at him and it's like, well, he's had, like, none of those guys had, like, developmental roles. Like, yeah, they're in the minors, but their job is just to coach. Like, Tingler was actually in charge of, like, player development, right? Like, that was part of his role as assistant GM and as, you know, a, uh, what's the, what they call it, a quality control field coach? Field manager? Yeah, field quality manager. Con- yeah, yeah whatever like, it was. Like, he's actually basically had jobs that Preller probably had at some point in time. Plus, he's managing in the Dominican Republic, and, you know, he he's bilingual. His resume was completely different. So, I think the only way to, to kind of circle back is, like, you would vote for Ron Washington is only because you buy into – a manager's win-loss record as indicative of whether or not he's good. I would buy into Ron Washington as a communicator, as a leader of men, as his guys' players would buy into, which is why if they hired him, he would not be my first pick, but I would have been fine with it. Um, but I think when you when you vote for Ron Washington, literally most people are going to be like, well, look how he led a, a Rangers team. I'm like, that Rangers team was stacked. And he also lost games because he kept Nelson Cruz in the outfield <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Um, whereas Tingler like, has everything – up until this point, like managing in the major league is really the only thing he hasn't done. Yeah. And other than his bullpen management, which has gotten better of late, like I don't remember the last time I seen Javi Guerra. I wonder if he's still alive or if he's hurt. <laughs> or um, Stammen, really? Yeah, like Stammen's basically that mop up guy. Like he stopped putting those guys. If they've also gotten healthy, um, he's gotten better, you know. And, and I think we've seen him grow. And I've said this before on the pod, you know, a couple weeks ago. Like the biggest thing, or at least when the season started, the biggest thing I can notice about a manager is that I don't really notice him. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, at the end of the day, like, all I'll say is, and I don't know if this is Tingler or the staff that either he was surrounded, he surrounded himself with or the team surrounded him with, we've never seen an approach and a plan at the plate like they've had this year and an approach on the base pass. Because when they steal, I've said it all the time, when they state, they are a guaranteed lock to steal second base if there's a runner on first with one out, or with two outs, excuse me. They're guaranteed to go, unless dude, it's someone running. slow like Mitch Moreland or yeah, you know, something like that. they were running all over that, dude. Like, but Pope they're going to run fast. a lot. Yeah. They're going to run a lot. And like you mentioned, the shifts, the 2-1-1 with Manny out there and right there, like, hey, this is an elite defender. Let's put him out here so he yeah. can so he can get some balls. I love it. And I don't, you know, is that Jace? Probably. But at the end of the day, man, I just, it was really a wake-up call for how fucking stupid I am. <laughs> it really was. Because well, I was like, God, dude, same page. I, I, I have some of the dumbest thoughts come through my mind. Like, oh, rookie manager. Well, at least you don't think Mark so Grant is some stupid. lumbering oaf in the booth or anything like that. You could have that take. I'm not that stupid. Yes. So, and by the way, Mark Grant yesterday going off was tremendous. And then I love I Mark didn't Grant. I didn't listen because I was watching on TV. I really, yeah, I, I didn't get to hear the radio either. But I heard on the the bottom of the 11th when it was time to clinch, Jesse Agler said, hey, this is your call. This should be your call to God, Ted. God, that's going to tear me up. And Ted, and Ted got to call it. Dude. We are so lucky. That's the kind of stuff I love like that's the kind of stuff that goes beyond baseball like you see mud who's been here forever and people like agler who's agler is just fantastic at his job how did we luck into getting that guy he's he's just great dude and for him to be able because he's been here for a while too but for him to be able to kind of realize the the weight that that moment carried and the importance of it and knowing how long that ted himself and how much shitty baseball ted has gone through to be like hey pal this is yours although let i mean let's face it agler 
Yes, it, it would have been a better call if it was Agler. Well, There's I'm no okay doubt about it. That. But for him to realize that and be like, "Hey, pal, like take this, like it's yours," that was that was awesome, dude. I'm already a huge yeah. Agler fan, but to but to hear that and see that, it's just, dude, it doesn't get any better than that. I love Agler for a lot of reasons. I love that he is into you know the more advanced metrics, but the way he weaves them into the broadcast is very natural and organic. Yeah, it doesn't feel forced, and he's not hitting you with all these. X fips and pluses and it's just like hey this is what this means and this yeah. is what the players do well or maybe they don't do it so well and you want to see improvement but what I love about him most it almost feels like tradition right? like you could hear even though even though Leitner has been, had been here almost as long as Coleman right like Leitner's been here I think the franchise was like 10 years old when he got here right so he's been here the majority of the time um, and uh, you can always hear like the level of respect and love and admiration and how he looked up to Coleman as like a, a superior, yeah, you can hear that with Agler. Even though I don't think anybody in their right mind would, regardless of who you enjoy listening to more, would say who's better at the actual play-by-play gig. It's Agler by mile. He might be the best play-by-play guy we have. We have Don fucking Orsillo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like good luck beating our broadcast team. Yeah. You know, and uh, but but to know that he has the same level of admiration for Uncle Teddy at the level that Ted probably had for Jerry, who. Probably would have sidestepped it to let the colonel call that, right? Like that. I love that. I love that he took a moment to realize, like, this is a situation we're in. I'm going to let the guy who's been here and has waited, you know, God knows how long to call this, call it. Yeah, the Padres yeah. legend. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, let, he really is, dude. Yeah, I'm going to let, you know, basically, you know, the longest tenured member of this organization to this point, I'm going to let him call this moment. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, take this moment. Here's the spotlight and shine. Yeah. You know, fuck Marver. <laughs> Fuck Marvin and his air checks. Yeah, where where is that air check? We still haven't gotten it yet. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But um, so that's a good question. The only thing I think I can say, and this is more like a personal note. And I'm sure you'll you'll be right there with me based on your post yesterday. The only thing I wish is that my grandfather was here to see this. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. because he was a huge Padre fan, right? And and um, it's it's silly, but my grandfather. I mean, maybe it's silly. I don't know. Um, but my grandfather was born in Monterey, Mexico. Like he migrated over here legally he's legal okay it's all legal yeah he was proud to be a blue collar i just worker. heard sirens yeah. coming from the east he used to be a season ticket holder and yeah it was a cheap seats but he was a ticket season ticket holder you know he had like you know legit starters padre gear you know brand padre gear i i inherited a uh an 84 uh team picture plaque you've seen it that's yeah. nice oh yeah real heavy like budweiser team photo plaque it is in pristine condition yeah considering that things older than i am so he was a I'm sorry if I get a little emotional, but he's a huge Padre fan. And he would constantly, when I come over, talk to me about the Padres. And the biggest thing he was, because he was a man, you know, from a, a Latin country, was he was always into the Hispanic players. Like, he took pride. Like, I remember he would, like, say, like, I like that Donaldo Mendez guy. You know, I like Wiki Gonzalez. And it wasn't so much because they were good. It was because, as a man who spent, you know, his childhood in Mexico and didn't come over to the U.S. until his, like, mid-20s, he could relate to those players, you know? And so for, for me, like, I wish he was here to see, like, this Padre team that's full of, like, I mean, they're a diverse group anyways, but, you know, they, we have, like, the most exciting Latino player in the league. Yeah. Easily. Not you know? close. And we also have Manny Machado, who's might be very well the MVP. You know, we have all these young players. Like, he'd have been so excited 
to see all that. That's the only thing I regret. And I know you feel the same way about your old man. Yeah, no question. And I mean, with the you look at the Latino leadership on the Padres, and I mean, Greg Garcia is just, <laughs> just stands <laughs> stands out the Get most. Out. Uh, but no, no. I mean, to to know that they experienced so much, to know that they experienced so much bad baseball, and and know that they are not getting a chance to see it through. That's what yeah. really sucks. Yeah, that's what really sucks because they should be here enjoying it with us too. And yeah, if, they deserve it. They they know. were they were through the thick of it longer than we have. Like I've yeah. only been a fan for not even what 20, 25 years or so. Like yeah. you know, my grandfather. Like I said, my grandfather was was here raising children, you know, buying season tickets at Jack Murphy Stadium. Yeah. You know, so he's really seen some tough teams. So Donaldo that, Mendez, huh? Yeah. Wiki Gonzalez. I mean, Not I'm a just fan naming, of Andy Sheets? I'm just naming, ben Davis? What's I'm wrong with naming, them? I mean, he huh? liked a lot of the young players. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not a Mike Dar fan? Uh, he did like Jake Peavy a lot. <laughs> he also said that the young... He never knew... I don't know... He never mentioned his name, but uh, he did like Jake Peavy a lot. But, oh, did uh, he? Anyways, uh, speaking of uh, non-Latino players, I hear we've got quite a few messages, including some repeat guests. Yes, yes, we Twitter do. Segment, we we, uh, gonna, we put out yeah. the old bat signal today, and uh, thanks for the call. There are a lot of voicemails. So again, 619-354-9669. I feel like every single time we do this, I'm like, well, we probably can't get to all of them. And I don't think that we will be able to, but uh, there's, there's a few in here that I want to make sure we at least try to get to. So let's get it started here. Hello there, uh, Eric and Dan. Uh, I don't leave messages very often, but uh, man, I'm elated that the Padres made the playoffs. But you know what? The grind begins now. And it's not enough just to make the playoffs. they got to be champs. And the pitching is not what it should be, not what it was back when I covered the club back in 2012, 2014. Mm-hmm. But man, the hitting is right there. So I, I'm, I'm I'm totally elated for all the Padres fans out there. And but boy, the grind starts now, huh? Let's keep that in mind. And they got to keep it up. I don't care if it's a 60 game season. I want them to be champs. Uh, they're the only team that has not one single no hitter. <laughs> At least they can become champs in the 60 game season. That would be cool. You guys take care. Bye. So that was. Oh, what? Oh, sorry. I, I think the clue, he didn't mention who it was, but the clue that he used to cover the team in 2012 2013, I think that was David Dodd. Wow. David Dodd says that the. Uh, yeah, the former grind writer is, of The Reader, the, ma- the next magazine you'll see at the top of the trash pile at your local Ralph's. The grind is just getting started. And he mentioned that he's not. That they don't have the pitching that they had. Like, Horse shit. So they had Kennedy, Ross, and Kashner back when he was following the team. Excuse me? Like, do you not watch Denilson Lamette every fifth day? The only. Like, did the, Mike Clevenger die? The Is Zach only Davies going to get AIDS all of a sudden? Like, the, they have fantastic pitching. I'm not worried about their, their pitching. Their top one bit. three, like, Clevenger's not even having, like, his greatest year. And, no. like, you know, even then, like, he's our worst option for the three spot. Tyson Ross is basically, like, Denelson Lamette is our Tyson Ross right now. We're like, we have this prime fastball strikeout machine. Let's try to get in the playoffs with him. Yeah. But except we actually made it this time and he's young. Yeah, thanks, Dodd. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I legit thought that was a bit. No, that was him. <laughs> Say their names. Kyle Blanks. <laughs> Xavier Nady. <laughs> Jorge Cantu. Tyson Ross. <laughs> Logan Forsythe. Say their names. <laughs> Jed Jerko, Jose Perella, 
Jabari Blash, Corey Spangenberg, oh, Manuel Margot, mm. Say Their Names, Chase Headley, <clears throat> Austin Hedges, <clears throat> Say Their Fucking Names, Go Pods. <laughs> say Their Fucking Names. I'd like to point out Austin Hedges hasn't started a game in like two weeks. That Yeah, he's got three at-bats in the last ten days, but who's counting? <laughs> who's counting? Yeah, he deserves to I'm be not. out there, Eric. That's the yeah. value he brings. So... Holy Was that hell, like an man. all Padres lives matter? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> say their names. Those that that was that was a list. Yeah. That was a list. Kyle Blanks. Wow. Let's go on to the next one. Hello, this is Andy Green calling to congratulate the San Diego Padres for making it to the playoffs. <laughs> Everyone knows of my guidance and especially Will Myers that this team was on the rise. I still don't know why the Padres are leaving for my duties in favor of the guy who plays Lex Luthor on Supergirl. <laughs> but okay, guys, gotta run. I'm having lunch with Jose Perella in 15 minutes. <laughs> Who's he meeting for lunch? Jose Perella. Jose Perella. <laughs> Jose Perella. Congrats to Andy Green coaching on the uh, Cubs. Yeah. Oh, he's he's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, great job. Great job. So uh, a lot of former Padres calling in today. Yeah, so there was... There was um, Andy Green, who former just called. Former beat writer for the Padres. Yeah, we had well. a former beat writer. This is really an all-star. This is like Murder's Row yeah. of uh, Padre Twitter podcast this uh, is, guests. This is like your high school reunion just like going right off the tracks. Yeah, I think we have another one. Oh, another, uh, well, actually, a, a, current, a current Padre. Oh. Hey, guys, it's Francisco Mejia. Uh, I just want to call and say something. Uh, I think it's funny that Austin's got Okay, bye. <laughs> That Austin got okay by. Yeah, Frankie. Frankie wants to call and say he thinks it's funny that uh, Austin is gone. Uh, as far as Austin Hedges, it's funny because I think he called as well. Okay. Hi, Austin Hedges. I was listening to my beloved Darren Smith today, and I can't believe that miserable San Diego Padres fan tweeted AJ Peller so hard it got me traded off the team. Especially now that we get finally clicked the playoffs when. I've been sitting here partying in PB and, and in Bay Park and Joshua Tree and everything, and now my ass is in cold ass Cleveland. Man, fuck you, miserable Padre fan. <laughs> fuck you too, Austin Hedges, bitch. Enjoy Cleveland. Enjoy cold ass Cleveland. Where, On the bench. Where only the weather is colder than your bat. You sack of shit. <laughs> hey, uh, it's Corey. Um, oh I just want to uh, uh, say that. Between last week and the whole uh, King of Padres Twitter bullshit with Dave Pallet or Dan Pallet or whatever his name is, (laughs) and then this week with Preller actually saying that he checks your Twitter account through Google, (laughs) holy shit, your head must just be fucking gigantic at this point. (laughs) Danny, please reach over and just smack the shit out of him. I just want to remind you that even though... You get all this love lately. You're still fucking terrible. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna go back to sexing Nicole Aniston. <laughs> oh god, dude, I, I fucking love Corey Stewart, dude. Corey Stewart, everybody, the nicest man you'll probably ever <laughs> run into. And Jesus, that was. We might as well end it. I think no, I think there's one. That. There's one more in the chamber. Believe it or oh. not, but uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic, dude. That Nicole Aniston video. Was yesterday. amazing. It's just like that—that's Padres Twitter, man. Like that's—if people ask you what is Padres Twitter, you can't answer because no. it's so many different things. It's bitching about shit that has no reason to be bitched about. Terrible bits. Terrible bits. And then it's 
porn stars yes. riding Go Padres on their ass the in best doing slow part, motion videos. The best part is he didn't have the cameo and he just got some spam DM. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'll, I owe you one. Yeah, exactly. Shooters shoot, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then there's the Evan Stone video from uh, that he dropped on the final score there. He's like, you just got fucked. F-U-C-K-E-D <laughs> by the San Diego Padres. Like, dude, that is, that's everything that makes Padres Twitter enjoyable to me and, uh, I, Corey is probably top one or two as far as my. I'd like to see what other community app, has taken advantage of Cameo more. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah, dude! Like we're single-handedly keeping Cameo afloat. Like we have to be, dude. We've got we all kinds of people. Mick Foley. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. God, that's fantastic. All right, I think we got one more call. Let's see who's going to walk us off today. Oh, hey, Eric. It's uh, Mayor Ramona once again. And uh, I just like to say how proud I am of my San Diego Padres, especially Ron Fowler. And uh, the fella, Jay Singler, down to the dugout that we made the playoffs, couldn't have done it without those two guys and nobody else. Um, so what do you think? You think we're going to get uh, – you think we're going to make it past the first round so we face those uh, grade-A Dodgers in the uh, NLDS this year? Uh, boy, sure, I do hope so. You know, I really like these Dodgers go all the way this year. All right, Eric, well, uh, we have a great rest of your day, and uh, I got to go. I see Donald Trump coming on TV. I got to whip out the lube germ. <laughs> that break lube he's whipping out i love i love how the mayor ramona never addresses you in yes. the phone calls. It's always, hey eric <laughs> i wonder why i also noticed he didn't address anybody except two white dudes not a wayne kirby fan no i, I noticed that yes yeah, not a Wayne, not a tatis fan apparently. yeah i noticed that he so also I... doesn't seem to understand that uh there is a wild card series <laughs> Going straight to the DS. His beloved Dodgers, <laughs> led by Cody Bellinger, Jock Peterson, and no one else. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Will Turner. Smith, yeah. Justin Turner, Corey Seager. Corey Seager, Gavin Lux, and nobody else. Jesus. Definitely not managed by Dave Roberts. That's no. for goddamn They're sure. They're clearly managed by Bob Guerin, actually, with <laughs> Dave Roberts just there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's that's about it. Hey, we clinched. We're in. Like we've always said, make it to the dance. Guess what? The dance is coming, and we're, and we're getting ready to boogie. So uh, At this point, I think we're just rooting for the Reds to get in because I like their chances running Bauer, would-be Padre Castillo, and Sonny Gray out there Yeah, against so, the Dodgers. That'll be very interesting to watch. Uh, I put on Twitter last week that the rest of the games don't matter. Now they really don't matter because we're in. It doesn't. I don't give a shit. It only matters in record, but even then. It doesn't matter, no. dude. We're not taking the one seed, no. unfortunate as it is. So uh, we get to watch some meaningful games, and we get to watch other games that impact us yeah. <laughs> when that Dodgers series starts. Come on, Cincy! Against the Reds, hopefully against the Reds. So uh, we'll check in with you guys whenever we do. But uh, Padres, we made that dance. So uh, we'll check in with you guys later. We're out of here. <laughs>